Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Special Friends Podcast. It's your boy, Woozy, and I'm here with... Professor B, what's good, y'all? And we're here with another episode. Um, before we get into anything, I first have to say... We got some announcements. Got some announcements. Um, we're recording this on a Sunday, June... Not June. Yeah, June, yeah, June 4th. June 4th. 4 p.m. Um, and... We have a sh- we have a special show coming up. Uh, we have a Juneteenth episode planned. Um, if you guys don't know, Juneteenth is a holiday of the emancipation of enslaved people in the U.S. So we're gonna do a special episode for for Juneteenth in honor in honor of that day. And we're gonna be sitting down with Chris Chris Logison. He's a leader and organizer of CJEC. The Coalition of Just and Equitable, a coalition for a just and equitable California. Um, He's been basically educating people in California on reparations. Um, So we'll be talking with him and um, talking to him about the state of reparations of California and what's coming next, because the final review is June 29th. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So that episode will go live on the 20th, the day after Juneteenth. Um, So. Right now, I want to give you guys a time that if you guys have any questions about reparations or anything that's going on, you know, reach out to us either here in the comments on YouTube or if you got some social media, my social media is at woozy underscore Lok Jr. W-U-Z-I underscore L-O-C-J-R. And Allie's is at Hey Professor B uh, at H-E-Y-P-R-O-F-E-S-S-O-R-B. Yeah, so you can reach out to us on there, and uh, we can get some of those questions answered for you. Mm-hmm. Also, first of all, everybody who's been watching the Creative Balance Show, that's the other show we have on Woozy Media. Shout out to you guys. It's been really, I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. It's really a passion project more than anything. Um, but I do want to announce that instead of posting those every week now, I'll be doing those every other week. So Special Friends and Creative Balance will be alternating um, weeks, so... Special Friends will come out one week on a Tuesday, and then Creative Bounce will come out the next week on a Thursday. Um, and the reason I'm doing that is just we want to focus more on quality on both episodes. I want to work on uh, growing the quality on both episodes because I added both. So um, having that spread out of time allows me to learn some more techniques and apply them to the episode. So just want to get those out the way. But yeah, let's get into the show. Okay, let's do it. How are you feeling? Excited. I'm excited. How was your your weeks? My week was, well, not an exciting week, but (laughs) I'm excited to be here. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like a tough week. There's a lot going on, a lot of unexpected um, changes that I really had to, I don't know, just kind of work to accept. And sometimes things are out of your control and you might be a little disappointed, but. you just keep it pushing and hoping, hope, hope, hope that things um, work out for the better, as yeah. they almost always do. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you push through when you're when you're experiencing stuff like that personally? I know I'm the type of person who likes to pick up a bunch of new activities. You know, to be honest, for me, I just am very um, conscious of my mental health. Like that's the only thing I can really do is be self aware. And to be honest because I have a lot of anxiety and I do um, struggle with depression at times, uh, 
if I'm experiencing anxiety, then I have to call it out. Like I can't just try to force myself past it and get on with my day. If I'm spiraling, then I need to acknowledge I'm spiraling. And also, hopefully, if there are pe- there are certain people I can go to that support me through that, know how to acknowledge that um, I need to slow down. Perhaps I'm overthinking or I'm o- overreacting. Mm-hmm. I have certain people I can go to that help me get grounded again and just um refocused so i know part of it is really just it really is like a conscious thing with my mental health because a lot of things are out of my control and if i try to control the outcome then i end up just making things more messy instead of just turning the mirror up to myself makes sense but um yeah that and lots of time with my (laughs) homegirls makes sense i mean getting around friends is definitely the most important part Mm -hmm. especially when you're feeling a ways I know when I'm not feeling the best I definitely reach out to my friends uh reach out to family yeah and not maybe not explicitly tell them what's going on but more or less just be intentional with spending that time with them and not because it's so easy just to be alone when you're feeling that way like to isolate mm-hmm and mm-hmm. I, I'm a big isolator. I'm a big throw myself into work kind of guy when I'm not feeling the best. It's not a good trait. It's actually a really negative trait. Yeah. One of my more toxic traits, but I'm more conscious of it. So I have to push, push yeah. through and like hang out. Like even if I don't want to hang out with my friends and I have justified reasons not to, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to hang out with them. And that's how I put, I know, I, I know, especially around this time when summer's about to come around People go through that little spring depression and then they bounce out, be out here. So mm-hmm. that's what's up. I feel that. I do the same thing too. So that's why, I, that's, that's what I mean. Like I gotta, I really have to pay attention to my mental health and like, if I'm anxious, say it to make sure I acknowledge it within myself and to other people that I'm engaging because, you know, it doesn't really bring out my best self. And so if I'm engaging with my favorite people as a less than, you know, best self, I want them to be aware of that. I'm aware of it and I'm working on it. And one of the things is usually a good a good person is going to support you through it. They're not going to judge you and isolate you even further. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, so I was struggling with that too because I have a lot going on with work. You know, mm-hmm. I just picked up another job. So there's a lot um, mentally going on with me and personally too. So, but we, we stay grounded. We stay yeah. grounded and inspired. I'm glad you're pushing through. I'm glad yeah. you're... You got a good support system around you. Yes, grateful. Be grateful. <laughs> but we got some topics today. Better, better upbeat talk, topics. Yeah. Well, more or less. You know, a mix. I don't like to judge topics. I just let them. Let them be. They're just topics. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, we want to start off today. Wow. <laughs> what a phone call. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like being in class and your phone goes off. Who do you think you are? Who are you? <laughs> mom. Someone, That's my someone, mom calling me. Yeah. <laughs> now mom about to tap into the podcast. I know. I should pick up hot mom. What you want? No, she does was, watch though. <laughs> she does watch though. Well, now she knows she was in here. Yeah. But we got some hot takes that we want to talk about today. Um, and I'll let Ali start off with the first one because it's her favorite. <laughs> my favorite? My favorite Red Pill podcasts. I have a... What's the word I'm looking for? 
guilty pleasure to an extent of watching blue pill podcasters respond to red pill podcasters. Okay. I have a hot take. I feel like we need red pill podcast to expand the conversations that we have. That's my hot take. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, really. Uh, okay. <laughs> we have, and we have, and we have. Um, tell us, tell me more, tell me more. I just feel like, and we're getting, we're gonna get into this a little bit later, but I just feel like maybe not Red Pill Podcast. I'm using them as a proxy right now. You can replace Red Pill Podcast with any other extreme, but I do feel like having something like a Red Pill Podcast allow. It sparks enough outrage to get to the real conversation about a lot of stuff that I feel like we don't have. Okay, so you think it's a necessary extreme? Yeah, I do. Hmm. I mean, like I said, granted, like I said, I don't. I think they could do it. I wish they were a little bit better about going about it, but, you know, nonetheless, you know, that's what they are. But I wanted to ask you, like, what is, do you feel like there's, do you feel like there's a space for Red Pill Podcast? I mean, they exist, right? So... And they they get audience they get they have an audience so they got an audience yeah <laughs> uh, well let's start with the definition okay because obviously the origin the origin of red pill comes from the matrix but we have a new framework that it's been using and it's where secular male su- there's a secular male supremacist ideology it's the male supremacist ideology in particular or men's rights activists who are particularly leading the way with red pill movements. And um, men already have so much say in the structure of society and the way that things work. And so to now have a whole movement around, you know, maintaining that supremacy over women, I think we don't really need that space because it already exists and it's very well embedded in society. But, um, you know, I do think that there's an, there are male needs that need to be addressed more yeah. closely. And I think that sometimes red pill podcasts do um, bring those closer to light or be- maybe better to light. But I think that it often gets um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? convoluted you know with all the other rhetoric um that's harmful to women as opposed to helpful to men being better understood well and i will say this because i don't i i don't i'm not particular especially so i'll say this when you said about the male supremacist ideology or we said male supremacist what male supremacist ideology yeah ideology I don't I can't put that on all red pill podcasts because example people confuse Andrew Tate with being red pill and he's actually stated that he's not red pill. These days, yeah. Yeah. Like oh no, before. In the past. Yeah, he's 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 never he's never claimed red pill because like I don't well, think you have to claim red pill though to I mean, put that rhetoric forward because he has put a, he has put forward rhetoric that does you know undermine the value of women. Yeah, you know, because well, the 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 definition of red pill, especially when you talk about the matrix, is about accepting, uh, a, a like a unwant like, like a it's basically accepting the truth of of a, of a situation. So it's, okay, that's like that's where like the red pill comes from is like accepting like a like a truth we do a truth we refuse to accept, 
So I get like the like especially like where they how they're positioned now the male supremacist style ideology. But I, I can't like I, said, I can't put that granted especially because I haven't watched a lot of them. But when I do think about like the Fresh and Fits and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know if their goal is to put forth that. I think they just show the more ignorant parts of of male society, um, and Uh-oh. and that, that's that's at least the way I see it. Like to me, I always see red pills as like the more ignorant part, the more like this is what it is, is this is it, and whether it's true or not, yeah. I I usually don't relate to the I usually don't re- relate too much to the Fresh and Fit podcast, but I do understand where they're coming from based on like other people that I do know. But And I am saying this not to suggest that like I do think we have our roles. I think we have, you know, and there are very gendered roles in society, some that people care to walk in and others don't care to walk in. But you know, I just in terms of like waking up to a different truth, like you know, being able to see a new reality if you will, I think that that is important, but yeah, I think that red pill has been co-opted by men's rights activists, unfortunately. So it's, it's, I don't think people see it anymore as a red pill podcast. Like I think even uh, Van Lathan did he, he, a red pill podcast. Well, he, with, yeah, he has a show, right? I think a show called something like that. I thought it was just an episode. I, oh, I didn't, he did an episode. I, I didn't see it was with Tay Diggs. I thought it was just okay. one episode Red Pill podcast with Tay Diggs. But, oh, maybe it was. Um, I, I thought it was. A, I thought it was an actual show. I thought it was too, but I looked at. I don't know. I have to. I'll have to do a deeper dive. Okay. But all all that said, what did you watch it? I didn't get to watch it. Oh. I didn't get to watch it. We got to circle back. But on I don't want to circle back and kind of find out like, you know, how are other people? Are people trying to make this a real term, or are people trying to retire the term? Yeah. Because it's been co opted by perhaps rhetoric that's not to your point inclusive of all that it's intended to be and mm-hmm. do yeah because because like i said it's um i know a lot of times when we think of i mean granted most people probably don't some people might not even this might be the first time realizing what it's called mm-hmm. but <clears throat> usually red pill podcasts when they're popularized are usually about bashing women but at least the ones that people say have been like they say they are red pill um, before it like became like extreme, it was just, it was just more about realizing like whether you're a boy or a girl that your standards are too fucking high, point blank period, and like that's what it, that's what you're talking about like accepting the the truth like that's like me like me being thinking like me thinking I deserve to date a ten, and it's like well why do you deserve to date a ten? Do you got a lot of money? No. Do you got a big you know what? No. Are you six three? Or taller? No. How much do you weigh? Two hundred fifty. So it's like, how do you? How can you be in this? How can you? How, like you say, you don't have any qualities to, to, to deserve this, but you feel like for some reason you deserve this, and it, you know, it goes both ways. We got men and women who do both sides. The sad part was women get bashed a little bit harder on it when they bring it when they bring it up. Um, <laughs> a and little, little bit harder. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's there's some good <laughs> stuff out there on men too. This, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think we need red red pill podcasts for that though. I think people just need to be better at being self aware. Do you think people are good at being self aware nowadays? No, that's why <laughs> that's why we have we these podcasts. A, we live in Delulu, <laughs> <laughs> like we live in pure Delulu 100. season. So 
And like, listen, fake it till you make it. Listen. But at the same time, you ain't made it. Like, I can't walk around here talking about I need a girl who got a six pack and stuff like that with my little dad bod. <laughs> like, if my girl don't got a six pack, then shh, ain't no we could talk about. Bro, you drink beer. You have a beer gut. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But um Yeah. Or like, you know, you wanna date somebody that's making X amount of money or you wanna, you know, a woman that's independent or I don't know if you saw most people believe that the average most people believe that the average income, like some people that are just out of touch, that the average income in America is a hundred thousand dollars. do you know fun fact, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars you're like literally like I think you're in like in the top twenty or something like that, top ten percent or some crazy, something crazy. Like if you're making six figures, you're making more than most people. That not only in America but in the world. This makes me think of the uh, a job I have where I was on the path for that and <laughs> rug got ripped under my my. But anyway, on yeah. this point, um, that's interesting. Yeah, like most people don't like. Six figures is a lot of money. It is. Uh, but with inflation, it's only going to be a lot for so much longer. I mean, you think you think it'll always be a lot? I mean, obviously with inflation, you know, it's adjust. But still, like, because I make if I if I can exist making 42, that's more than two times what I make. That's pretty fucking good. <laughs> OK, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, even like it'll take a while with, that, that's still a lot. I guess. Especially when you're talking about, we're thinking about our California brains. Mm -hmm. There's 49 other states. <laughs> I could believe it in other states. In California. I don't know. I guess it's like, especially as I've like filed my taxes every year, mm -hmm. I'm seeing how my income changes and increases every year. And it's like, I work really hard to increase my income. Mm -hmm. And... Man, this hold on, hold on. For people to think that you know the average is six figures, if people are are at six figures, like the last job that I was working at, they were telling me I would if I was there for like ten years, I could get to six figures if I could commit ten years. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to make six figures in the next five years. I'm yeah. not trying to wait 10 years for that. So it might be the reality that it's accessible out there, but people really have to spend well, time or time getting the degree to earn them that kind well, of income. And I would say this, it's, it is accessible, but the, the, argue, the problem is that people think it's normal. Mm. Most people aren't making six figures. Yeah. My yeah. mom's a supervisor. I don't think she's making six figures. Yeah. Like... So what do you think? What are what are some six figure jobs? Let's let's see. Usually it's like supervisors, business owners. Like, you know, if you have like a, I can imagine like when, when it comes to businesses, businesses, it's a little bit hard because you can basically you can make any business six figures mm -hmm. just depending on how you position it, how much, how wide you are, how deep you're going, like your prices and stuff like that. You know, you could be a barber and make six figures, but as far as careers. I usually imagine like that's like high level managers. So that's like like a person who runs a whole location. We've got a product uh, manager on Indeed's list. Yeah. So it's like you're basically a you're basically in charge of everybody. Most on uh, according to um, Indeed, here are a couple of other careers included. A lot of them are tech or finance. So either director of finance, software developer, 
physician assistant, nurse practitioner, petroleum engineer, interestingly, um, data scientist, veterinarians. They had to do a lot of school to be a vet. Hell, Hell yeah, yeah. And then pharmacists, podiatrists, chief executive officers, like you said, CEOs, pediatricians, corporate attorneys, um, architects, mostly cardiologists, oncologists, mostly geriatric physician, mostly like health profession careers. Yeah, people who have to do either do a lot of schooling or work their way up. Oh my God, a dermatologist makes 200K. A neurologist, average salary, 223K. Still a doctor. Golly. And you know what the average for a teacher is? I'm looking at these career, these incomes and I'm just, I'm actually shook right now. Is it 50? (laughs) Average for a teacher is 42. Average for a teacher is, yeah, definitely like, let's, let's look before I misinform the, the the, the you talking, about, you talking, about, you're talking about a professor or you talking about a teacher? I'm talking about professor okay. and teacher. Okay. Because I know, like, if you work for a school district, a little bit different if you work for, it's for di- a college, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it also depends on, like, when you're in a college, if you're a full-timer or a part-timer, right? Like, a part-timer like myself, we might be making 60K if we're full-time across enough campuses. But at one school, you're not going to make more than just as an adjunct maybe 12k in in the year yeah maybe maybe 20 maybe 20 depending on how far along you are maybe 30 but like you have to be teaching at multiple campuses to really start to for that to be you know lucrative as as an educator but yeah the okay so technically teachers the highest pay rate might be 100k per year i'm guessing that's at some private schools but on average yeah. it's looking like 75 that's not bad i mean that that's still it's for not bad of school, but when you're thinking about a freaking what that looks like a freaking dermatologist i just think that's crazy because it's such an important career but both are equally important yeah and so why is it that we've got teachers that make you know well under 100k but are pretty much you know I think the Ugh. I think the person who's paying them is also different too. Mm, that's fair. You know, from a teacher, you're getting paid by the 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 school, and as a usually when you're a dermatologist or a physician, you most of the time you make your own practice if you want to get the real money. Okay. So that's... you get to dictate how you're gonna make that money. And that's why I say I usually when I see six figure careers, unless you're like a CEO or something like that, you have to go off on your own because. For somebody to be giving you that much money, they gotta be expecting a return. Well, so I don't know, like pharmacists and stuff like that. They usually make close. I don't think they make six figs, but I know they get pretty close. They're up here on the six figs, but they're they're on the the. Lower so there's end. like three kind of categories on this Indeed list. There's like one k. I'm not one k. Oh my god, I've been calling it one k the whole time. A <laughs> hundred k, yeah. So you got a hundred k as one one tier, two hundred k for another tier, and then over three hundred k for the last tier and so in the 300k there's only really two owner owned owner operated driver which i'm guessing is a trucker truck driver yeah she's a cdo Mm -hmm. so uh that's uh like you know driving from here to kentucky okay and then an optometrist which i could see Mm -hmm. shout out to my i haven't seen him in a minute yeah i go see my eye doctor they got them they have the highest income so yeah i think that's a good point but there's it's, it will be interesting to see how that opportunity kind of 
But yeah, that, that's what that was the, education. That was a tangent, but like yeah, yeah. that's what I said. Like sorry, people people, people feel like that's where like the, we talking about the red the red pill and like realizing the truth is like most people are like yeah, my dude got to be at least making a hundred and fifty thousand, and you like, do you know how many people are really making a hundred fifty thousand? Okay. And it's like, it is. There's nothing wrong with wanting somebody want to make hundred fifty thousand, but it's like. You want somebody making 150000 What are you doing right now? I, I, again, I think it just comes back to self-awareness. <laughs> I just don't understand how there are people out here in this world that expect people that they're going to date to have more than what you have coming, what you're bringing to the table. Like, yeah. that I'm, doesn't make sense to me that that's the norm. You're Wingstop. Why the hell do you need a six-figure man for it? Not, not, so not that they don't have to work at Wingstop? <laughs> that's I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, but sheesh, you know, like, if, but... I know, ugh, but <laughs> don't we all want to be rescued and saved a little to an extent? Wouldn't most of us like to be able to just be whisked away from the hard life and be able to just invest in the dreams we think of? That's not that's not a realization for a man. But like, yeah, I mean, I'm I, I, you know, oh. <laughs> well, not. I've been I've been working very hard and independent by myself for a very long time. So, yeah. you know, and it's different moving through this world as an independent single woman. 100%. Especially professionally. But I'm sorry. I feel like we're all on a tangent. No, I mean, that's, that's still the still same conversation. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's the only point that I make about red pills that, yeah. you know, I feel like I feel like they are. I, I, I will concede. I will I, concede to that and agree. Because I feel like that conversation is, like I said, it's taken over now. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, now we have the pearly things. You know, we have the... And then usually you can tell... My thing is, like... Where it started, there was never like some like subconscious bias behind it. But now like you saw with the pearly things where it's like she feels this way and then she's like backpedaling like I said, backpedaling on some racist rhetoric and stuff like that. So it's like mm-hmm. at the same time Sometimes it's pandering. But I think that can be the case on any perspective. <laughs> but yeah. That, that was a hot take. Do you wanna go to another one or you wanna just get into what we got for today? Let's see how we're doing feeling you know i kind of want i I think this is a perfect segue to get into like i do want to talk about the importance of seeing the other side because i feel like like you said i feel like we talking about people our age i'm 26 here in 30 i feel like we're just not the you know we're able to express ourselves uh more openly in society especially with the use of social media but I feel like now more than ever, we live in an echo chamber, especially as I've been doing these interviews with people on the Creative Balance Show and talking to people who are older than me. Hearing them talk about like, I've, this is not 100% true, but them talking about the stories of like how they grew up and who they had to be around and, and having to embrace that and learn that, I feel like nowadays that isn't the same because... We're not hanging out with our neighbor like we used to. Mm. I'm on social media with the people that I are that already are in, interested in things that I'm interested in. I don't have to deal with Jimmy next door no more. Like, if Jimmy next door is cool, I'll kick it with him. But if not, I'm gonna go inside and hop on 2K with the friends I want to talk to. You know, and I don't know. I feel like I don't know if that's the cause. I had to look more into it, but I do feel like there's a trend that people don't want to hear the other side. Like, if I have an opposite opinion of you, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to you or I'll hear you, 
but I'm only waiting for you to stop for me to tell you again why my side is my side. I'm not really trying to understand. I feel like we, we're missing that, like, understanding where somebody is coming from. Yeah. Well, so much of um, expressing our opinion becomes wanting to be right. Mm-hmm. And as a result, it really creates a competitive environment to share yeah. and be heard. And so when you, of course, you know, you don't want to be around people who, you know, don't particularly understand your perspective. If it's going to be competitive, if it's going to be about being right. But I do think that there's um, a need to reframe. I try to teach my argumentation students that arguing is not about being right it's about being understood and understanding other people and if you can do that you can see the other side just by way of understanding then you're doing arguing right if you're arguing to be right or you're you know what I mean all you're doing is things are getting more heated you're not, you're not hearing each other because you're not trying to hear each other you know what I mean yeah but also if you're arguing with somebody that's not trying to hear you you have to be aware of that too and that's when you got his dead the conversation exactly but, but am I too you, far off of that? No, I was gonna say I was saying. Do you feel like, especially as someone who 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 teaches argumentation, like how do you feel about like listening to both sides? Um, I think it's important. Like I said, I think it's important to understanding, and I think more people want to be understood in this world, want to feel understood, want to feel heard, and um, seen. And when you really listen to the other side people feel seen i think a lot of people create a crime and atrocity because they don't they get pissed off from not being seen for so long you know and if we could just yeah do one another the favor of not trying to be right but just try to understand one another i think i think that could go a really long way for our society what do you do you have you ever been in a, in a situation where you can't overcome your own feelings as far as like being heard so you keep it's like instead of there being a, like instead of you guys meeting the first ground, it's like you said, it's like two, like it's just a keep on clashing. Like, because I know I've been there where it's like I'm listening and then I'm like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying and I understand what you're saying and then try to explain my, my side, you're not listening. And then it's like, so now you guys are like, now you keep trying to like, you, instead of listening even further, you're just like, no, you're not listening to me. Like, how do you, like, want, like, how do you deal with a situation where you come to like, situations like that um i try to listen when people tell me i'm not listening <laughs> but <laughs> it's hard i'd be stubborn too like yeah i do i can get stubborn for for me most of the time it does come up in like dating relationships when if a, if a guy is like you know maybe not interested anymore i have been in situations where like i would really try to convince them you know like no i don't agree <laughs> no, you're not listening. But what about this? And what about that? No, that probably sounds really desperate. But that at that time, I really didn't value myself. These days, yeah. I really don't. I'm not going to chase somebody who is, you know, not putting in the same effort. Not yeah. who, somebody who's ghosting and not trying to understand me or be understood. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I hope I'm actually getting to answer the question because I know, like I said, it's been a long week, so my mind feels a little all over the place. No, I think you're. I think you're good. I was, I was just trying to. I have basically get like kind of build around that like that that idea of like because like you said, I I just feel like 
and I know it's a lot. I notice a lot with my little brothers. And granted, it's part of the part of it is their age. Yeah. But when we're talking, I'm used to talking in a group setting of four to five people, and we all jump in. You know, kind of like popcorn. Everybody, somebody's idea dies out. Somebody takes over. Blah 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 blah. blah. But I, it's been many times, and I, I these times always stick out in my head of like my little brothers would try to hop in, and it's like something that's completely left. Something that does not add to the, add to what was being said, and I always just go like, "Where did that?" And I had to stop. I'm like, "Bro, wait, wait, wait. What are you talking about? Like, you're not talking about anything at all that we're talking about, you know?" <laughs> Where's the segue? And I feel like people, not just them who are 13 and 14, I feel like people who are closer to their 20s are also kind of doing the same thing where it's like instead of there being a conversation like the conversation can only be had if we both agree but when we both don't agree which in most situations most people don't agree anyway not not most situations that's, that's probably dramatic but there's gonna be a lot of situations where you're not you're not gonna fully agree with somebody but you can understand their point i feel like we're getting to personally what i've seen i feel like i hear a lot of conversations where somebody leaves both people leave the conversation unheard see and that okay yeah see and that i agree like and especially in, I feel like especially in dating relationships because ghosting is super prevalent. So, um, like, if you could just feel comfortable saying how you feel, you know, without feeling like you're not going to be heard, without feeling like you're going to be, you know, try to be convinced otherwise, I feel like people would probably feel more comfortable telling people it's not a good match for me, you know? But... Yeah, I don't, I, I, it's hard when you're caught up in your feelings though, you know, yeah. and you feel very excited about something or you feel very convinced. But one of my favorite things to do is agree to disagree. Like yeah. I, I have, then that did come with maturity, you know, so as, as well as the behavior that I, I described earlier that came out of a space of immaturity and a, a lack of um, understanding myself. So it's hard for you to ex to try to understand other people if you really don't understand yourself too. You know I, what I mean? I think another thing as far as like maturity is that you got to get to a point where you have to to understand somebody doesn't mean you agree. Mm -hmm, exactly. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. I understand why they believe what they believe. Like I like I got a clear rhetoric on why they believe what they believe. Now, will I go down that road? Probably not. But. But I understand. Yeah, I understand you. And I'm not going to make you feel, I'm not going to make your point feel minimized because I don't agree with this is more. I feel what you're saying, like what you're saying, making sense, a lot of sense. And it works for you. Um, but that's just not how I personally live my life. And like, it's usually it's never like something extreme. Like no one can, like, I don't have no friends that are like racist. And I'm like, I understand why you're racist, bro. Like it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not that deep, but it'd be more like minute differences of opinions like how we go about like i said something for example how we might go about relationships i'm more of a quarter my friends are more casual daters it's not no i don't i feel like the world we live in now casual dating is normal i can't really be mad at my who, who casual dates i'm like oh you're wrong for that but it's just not something i do i feel like i don't have the mental capacity to juggle three or four people at the same time listen <laughs> who does i don't have the capacity for that <laughs> I'm a, I, I like to talk to one person at a time, yeah. period. You know what I mean? But I can I, also, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to switch to a different path, a different example, but I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. But yeah, I, I also think of like how I love 
tarot. And when I first started doing tarot, I also was very Christian um, growing up. I still believe in Christianity. Like a, a lot of people think that me engaging in this has now shifted my like character and my values to something that's so far away from being a Christian. If anything, I'm more more of a spiritualist and more like in touch with God than I was when I was going to church every Sunday. But I found that like I'm so passionate about this. I, I was spending so much time trying to convince people it's not what you think. It's not what you think. And I started to just get to the point where it's like, well, if you believe that, that's on you. We can agree to disagree. You know, I can respect your beliefs, but all I ask is that you respect mine. You know, but to your point, sometimes you're not sometimes understanding also doesn't equate to respect. Sometimes just I understand and I accept you. And, and for us, we have to like let that be an okay end to a conversation as opposed to it needing to feel like, you know, I agree with you. I'm, a, I'm validating you. Yeah. People just need to be affirmed, I think. And, and that can simply be done by, yeah, just understanding and accepting one another. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I think there's a perfect segue, too, to talk about the Tyler James situation i don't mm. know did you read that did you read those pictures i sent you i didn't here i'll I'm put sorry. them right here what what here i'll show right here oh yeah. so why you, why you read it i'll talk i'll kind of explain it but you know obviously tyler tyler j williams tyler james williams we know him from everybody hates chris but he's also the one of the main people in Abbey elementary um and for whatever reason you know this always happens but those rumors go around about a person's sexuality is common, more common now than ever. Always questioning, like, oh, look at how he, look at look at how he's dressing, look at how he's moving, this now, whatever, whatever. Um, so there's a bunch of rumors going around, playing playing the guessing game, trying to figure out if he's straight or not and whatnot. And he addressed it. I think he addressed it in a really, really, really great way. Like I think a, a constructive and a constructive way because. I, I don't know what his demographic is, if it's young or older. Um, it's millennials. Yeah. That's what I think. It has to be, because Everybody Hates Chris was... That was us. Yeah, so... Maybe some Gen Xers. Yeah, but he basically he basically um, gave a statement. I'm not going to read the statement here, because it's kind of long. I'll just probably put that, like, uh, you know, put that in the comment section, in the, in the description below. But he basically just addressed the fact that the dangerous game that people play when they try to like micro analyze somebody's life to see what their sexuality is, is that you make it more dangerous for somebody who is closeted, you know, and maybe struggling with that, you know? Um, yeah. I kind of just wanted to get your thoughts on like, on like that, on that concept or you can even go a little bit deeper. Um, I think what he's, first of all, he's brilliant. And his response is brilliant. And I, too, have had this where people have questioned me and asked if I'm a lesbian or into women. And I've been through my own, like, journey of exploring my sexuality. I feel like I've maybe mentioned this in a previous episode, but I'm super straight myself. And but because, again, like I'm very independent, I'm very, you know, goal oriented and I honestly operate a lot I work out of a lot of masculine energy because that's what's necessary to get things done it's also partly a survival thing um 
but a lot of people will, will ask me and also because I've been single for so long but it does make it I can see I could say for somebody else who truly is a lesbian you know or or LGBTQ queer you know however you identify to us um yeah it does I, I could see it making it very dangerous and very um uncomfortable you know a, an uncomfortable environment to be able to you know be seen and accepted for who you really are yeah because people are making all these assumptions about you so i love that he spoke up for himself too i think that's the number one thing that there's not enough of on social media is people standing up for themselves um I love seeing it. We primarily see it with celebrities, but I just would love to see more like regular people. But it's hard when sometimes you don't have all the words. Yeah. You know, he's so eloquent in this response. <clears throat> yeah. Cause like, he, like you said, like when you start to, when you start to put stuff on people where it's like the way that he dressed, the way he carries himself, things like that, like I said, it, it My- might come from a playful place or like a not meaning that, that much of a harm place. But it is dangerous because someone who might actually be, you know, gay, queer, whatever they identify as, if they don't have those traits, they might be more, you might cause more conflict for them. And, I mean... And it it doesn't look one way. Exactly. I was going to say, like, for me, I would say I was questioning for a while, but it's through the process of questioning and like getting to know yourself and having the space to explore that you really find your truth. Right. And so when people are trying to put you into a box, when you're just trying to figure out who you are, it does make it a lot more difficult for you to like walk in that without everybody else's input. Yeah. You know what I mean? But so, yeah, I, I'm very impressed by this. I'm glad that you shared this because I don't think the guessing game is fair. I don't think anyone should have to be subjected to it. But unfortunately, it is the reality we live in. And maybe this will create maybe a new attitude. Well, I think it's going to take more than just this. But I think there's definitely, for at least the people who follow him, I'm pretty sure they get it. They probably got the message. Yeah, hopefully they got the message, you know, because he, he said it, he said it, he said it best. Like I said, I'll read it like a blurb. Overanalyzing someone's behavior in an attempt to catch them directly contributes to the anxiety a lot of queer and queer questioning people feel when they fear living in their truth. And like something like that right there, like you said, trying to catch somebody. That can, like you said, the, imagine the pressure that puts on somebody who is questioning and don't know yet. So they are closeted and you're like, knowing, knowing that someone around them is doing that stuff, it might make them even more anxious to be like, I gotta make sure I, I'm on my P's and Q's on not showing whatever mm-hmm. and that that as a straight person you don't have to do that but that's like i said if that's something that you you feel in your heart it sucks to be like you feel like you have to hide that part until you are sure because like you say you're questioning it so yeah i don't know i don't know i think that also straight people could lean more into like queer tendencies like i think women are beautiful we can come we can compliment each other we can even accept being hit on and like be clear that we're, we're still not you know, queer ourselves, but like we can still accept people for who they are and accept them approaching us as they are and be who we are in that Mm. space too, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I know one person's, one person may not change it, but I would hope that, yeah, I don't know, it could really inspire 
us to think differently about but like, it. But you said, like, back to the thing where it's, like, importance of, like, understanding. Even if I'm not gay, I can understand somebody's stance on it. You know, like, who am I to tell you how you feel? You get me? And, like... Or who you even, are. Yeah, who you are. And more importantly, who am I to tell you how to display that? Because, you know, I remember, like, you know, especially, like, the generation I grew up in, if you cried, you got called, you know, if you were softer, ow, that hurt, stop being, you know. So growing up in that generation, like like I said, thinking about as we're shifting as a culture, those people were still still trying to still trying to work through that and to know like some of these qualities that you have to have and then that like they're that in that internal conflict i think him addressing stuff like this is important because then it lets them be more hopefully lets them feel like they have the more room to be more free i also Even, go ahead well i was just gonna say i i also love this this uh clip he Put at the end which uh is pride month so i want to say this part too happy pride to all my queer and questioning brothers and sisters and individuals i pray that you feel seen in ways that make you feel safe in the celebration that is this month as an ally i continue to be committed to assisting in that where i can help um sorry as an ally as an ally i continue to be committed in assisting to assisting in, please cut this part, okay, or don't, whatever. As an ally, I continue to be committed to assisting in that where I can be and helping to cultivate a future where we are all accepted and given permission to be ourselves. Exactly. That last sentence threw me off, but I really let, think that underscores what you were saying. Yeah. You know? Like I said, let, let people be who they are. Why do I have to? I'm not going to go and question everything they got going on. It doesn't need to be about being right. Let's make it about being accepted. Exactly. Right. I don't have to. So, but on being accepted. Okay. Kim Kardashian. Mm. So, interview. There was an interview that came out of Kim Kardashian. Um. What was the name of the show? I can't remember the, the name of the show. I remember I told the you. The Kardashians? No, the, she did it in an interview that, I can't remember the name of the lady, the lady who interviewed her, but Kim Kardashian got interviewed by, by uh, on one of the shows. Put it in the comment section if you, if you know. I, I forgot it. But basically on the show, she was talking about what it's like to be a single mother, you know, raising four kids. And she basically said that it's so hard dealing with different personalities and Different de dealing with different sleep schedules and blah blah blah, and that sometimes at night she just she cries herself to sleep, something to that effect. I don't know if she said cries herself to sleep, but she said definitely said she, she cries, cries at night. night. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just want to ask, like, I mean, granted, we're both not parents, right? But I got a lot of single 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 mother friends. Uh, my sister is a single mother, so it's like, I don't know, is she is she justified in feeling that way, even though given her position, that can she, has she a feel bunch this of way? Nannies. Yeah, like nannies and can yeah. she feel this way? I think so. I think it's hard being a mom, regardless of if you have nannies or not. And this is not to undermine single moms without nannies or to yeah. say that it's it's not 
less hard for her in comparison to those without those resources. But if we weren't comparing by ter- in terms of resources and we were just acknowledging her as a mother yeah. with lots of kids who's recently gone through a public, very public divorce, you know, and even on Kanye's side, very similarly, I just, I could see it being difficult for both of them to, to, to do parenting without one another. Um, and I could understand crying yourself to sleep because what if you've got kids that are more like their dad than you <laughs> and, and you, and you're not together anymore. You don't really love those things about your husband anymore or your ex-husband or that person who created that child with you. You get what I mean? Like that's, that has to be hard and you have to be super mature to be able to navigate that and not be about you, but it really be about the kids. You know, so I empathize, I should say. I think I think she deserves empathy, but she does have all the resources to kind of help with that. So, you know, I empathize in terms of like woman to woman, but black woman to celebrity, like average everyday black woman to celebrity, it's tough to hold a glass up for those tears. I don't know. What are you thinking? I can I can offer her a tissue. You know I'm ignorant. <laughs> Y'all know I'm ignorant at this point. She chose this life. I can't. It's hard for me to feel bad about somebody who chose this life. You think she? Well, yes. she did ask for the divorce. She asked for the divorce, and then have went out. Granted, Kanye is a tough person to deal with, but have went out has also went out of her way. To make sure that he's not involved. You know what? Now that you say that, the fact that she made herself a single mother <laughs> and is complaining about it, okay, I see your point. And I'm not, I'm not saying that because, like, right, even though I personally don't believe in divorcing for for indifferences, well, I can understand if that's something that you believe and you divorce, that's understandable. But you have to take what comes with that. And yeah, that, I I will say this: no amount of money will make it. No amount of money is going to make you make like, especially when she's talking about internal, like different personalities. Yeah, you could have, she could have the money to like have her, have somebody cook for her kids and take them to school and stuff like that. But there's still no money that's going to allow her to like not interact with her kids on a, on a, on a period. You know, like if your daughter comes to you and is feeling a ways about something, Mm -hmm on top of your other three kids. I don't know about crying to sleep at going to sleep and crying, but like I can definitely see that still being difficult because even with all the other stuff taken care of, that can still be difficult to deal with a challenging personality or a kid who might got a lot of questions that you might not have the answers for. Mm-hmm. Especially when you think about a white woman with, with four with, black kids. Exactly. <laughs> um so Yeah. Again, well, for her to go on a, a thing, talking about I cry myself to sleep at night, when I think about the single mothers who have multiple kids and go to work and then come home and still cook and clean and loving the children and feed into their, you know, feed into their kids. For her, for her only job to, her only job as far as parenting to be just that part of like uplifting her children and feeding into her children and attending to her children. For her to be feel like that's challenging to the point of tears when people go through more. It's not struggle Olympics, but it's kind of tough for me to be like, 
Oh, come on. It's not Struggle Olympics, but yeah. you're making it a little bit of that. I mean, it's not, but it, comparison. It, it's hard not to. Yeah, I understand. It is. <laughs> it's hard not to. And I, I'll be honest, like, I haven't always been the biggest fan of Kim K because as a young girl, I felt like she was putting out false narratives like i i snuck and read my mom's cosmopolitan magazine at like age put out some bs yeah man she put out some bs she was maybe and maybe she was i feel like i told you this i she might have been joking but for me i i took what she was saying seriously and what'd she say okay yeah sorry uh the question was what's one thing we never know about you and she said i've never taken a bm taken a what a bowel movement i've never had a poo that's what she said Wait, she really said that? In a magazine. I wonder if she's telling the truth. So I, I told this to other guys. I've been like, oh, she's probably just joking. But for me at that time, it was like 2008 maybe. It, it didn't seem like a joke. It wasn't one of those things where it's like, ha ha, girls don't take BMs. At that time, it was very much like girls should keep that shit to themselves. Or sorry, that stuff to themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? It felt like very much on brand with trying to go with this image of, you know, sex symbol that's flawless. And now I feel like she's walking into this, you know, more humanized version of herself. And maybe it's because she's actually realizing herself and what she's chosen for her life. Yeah. But I empathize. I I mean, I should say I sympathize for her. But Mm. at the same time, like you, I feel like she's got all the money and the resources and tools to see her way through. I mean, she became a lawyer after all. Right. So she's. I don't know. And I think I it's weird know. because, like, I think about, you know, it's hard. Chloe got kids or a kid, right? She has One, two. She has two, and then Courtney Ben had kids, and I've never heard them. Granted, not saying it's not true, but I've never, never heard them had to have, feel the need to go out publicly and let people know the struggle of parenthood. So for her to go out and yeah. do this, granted, she's also the front, the stand man for everybody, but it's like, like you said, I feel like it's an attempt to humanize not Kylie? her. Huh? Not Kylie. It's whole like all of them have their own. No, kinda. Kim. Kim is Kim is definitely still the she's the lead. Still, she's definitely a leading act for sure. No question. I guess it's not a question. Not even a question. Kim Kardashian. If you name, if you tell people name the Kardashian, the first one to go name is always going to be Kim. Maybe. I think I think a good amount of them would would name Kylie these days too. Jenner. Well, oh, you're right. <laughs> Different last name. <laughs> the Kim K clan, the Jenner, the yeah. Jenner Kardashian clan. I, I, okay. I feel like people definitely know Kylie more, but even then, as far as like a personality, I don't know nothing about Kylie. I know way more about Kim Kardashian than I do Kylie. And it might be the generational shift. Oh, are you not a Travis Scott fan? Am I not a Travis Scott fan? Yeah. I mean, I like his music. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look. I feel like I most who are fans of Travis Scott are are somewhat in the know of Kylie's life, is what it seems like outside. In the outside, I don't know though. I'm, I don't I, follow. Either I just don't know her personality. Mm. So I don't know. Shout out to her. Uh-huh. I want to ask before I get off this though. Do you feel like this comment is like a detachment? Like is this like showing like is this like showing like a detachment? Like when she had the last answer she said where she's like people just need to get up and work do you feel like this is on par with that or do you feel like this is more understandable it's definitely a bit tone deaf i think that she wants to be heard and understood like we were just talking about you Mm -hmm. know i think she wants to be accepted as for who she is and what she's coming into you know with with who she is right now being divorced 
and I'm not going to say she was in Kanye's shadow at all because I think they were right there in the light together, but it's a different Kim now being separate of Kanye and for any woman or person to come to, to understand who they are outside of their, a relationship that they were deeply committed in, I, I would think is a very tedious process. So I don't know. I'm, I, I hope she figures it out. All I gotta say, and is. I do hope that she maybe hires me for some consulting to help her with the tone <laughs> of what she has to say because I think she does mean well, but I do think she needs a little bit of coaching. Well, I think the hard part too is I will say this, especially like, reading like the, she needs authenticity coaching. If I'm being, I would just want to be specific. Yeah, well, I've been reading, I've been reading the book uh, uh, "Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter" by Fifty Cent, and in it. He talks about like when you become a celebrity, you became you become like a comic book character. Mm. Where it's like, we once you're a celebrity, we can't attach emotions to you. Like mm. it's just you just seem like an enigma. So like for you to have emotions is like, which is I watched a video I watched a video a couple other days that some of the most some of the most viewed videos by some of our like biggest YouTube stars. Are the videos when they're crying, like them recording themselves going through a hard time, being human, and like yeah, exactly. And I feel like those go hand in hand because in this situation, it's tough. Because we seen Kim K cry on the Kardashian. I'm it's, it's a meme now at this point. Sadly, but it's like I don't know. It's kind of tough with Kim Kardashian because I've also seen a video of her crying when she dropped the ring in the ocean. Listen, I can't believe I'm over here defending her, too, because I will say, like I said, I have had a hard time yeah. since I read that article as a young girl, like res like trusting her and respecting her. But I will say, yeah, it's it is it's. That is true about celebrities. It's hard to see them as yes. emotional beings. But I don't know, as I become more uh, self-aware of my uh, I don't know. As I become more mature, I just start. I feel like I start to see celebrities as just humans, you know, trying to do the best in their life. And they unfortunately are under the biggest, you know, microscope that everyone can see. And unlike everyone else, they don't get to go under the radar when life goes bad. Well, I, and I'll say this too. There's a, there's a piece of bias for me. Okay. Because as I'm thinking about right now, there's a piece of bias for me. And it obviously has to do with Kanye West because Kanye West is my guy. We, you want to be humanized now, but Kanye could not have been humanized when he was going through the hardships they were going through. He was. Huh? They hyperbolize. I feel like they hyperbolize the whole situation of Kim Kardashian and, Kim and Kanye divorce. They hyperbolize him as like a crazy person for real. Uh, because he had his mental breakdown, okay. which is not proof that he has sleep deprivation, proof, proof that he has a mental condition. None of that meant nothing to nobody. They don't. They don't care. Kanye's just crazy. Uh, what's his mental condition? Bipolar. Okay. Okay. I thought. Yeah. I am Kanye. I like <laughs> know because of all of the friends I have that are huge Kanye stands. Mm -hmm. And I respect Kanye. I love Kanye's music. Yeah. But in terms of like really following him as a fan. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's a he's a guy's guy. That makes sense. I think the ladies love him too, but you know what I mean. I just, you know, anyway, this is this is a conversation Wait, for yeah, another. I was saying, but episode. I was basically saying like 
That's where I'm, that's where my own personal bias comes from. Cause like hmm. when it was coming down to them going through it, I feel like she was definitely pushing forth that, like pushing forth using that to her advantage to make Kanye to be out this be out to be this bad guy, this guy who's just this unhuman monster. And then now she has the nerve to like want some sympathy, and I'm like, nah. For me, that's all like violent. I mean, yeah, I think I think it would have been better to start humanizing him when he was having (laughs) his breakdown. Yeah, I think that would have been helpful, and because it's harder to humanize him through that divorce after we've seen a side of him that we don't recognize. And or appreciate to an extent. He said a lot of offensive things. Like, it's hard to not see him as, I mean, it's hard to see him as human after he's done so many, well, like, kind of, he said some, some, I'm not going to say, like, well, well I'm going to say this. He definitely said some offensive things, and I'm not taking anything, I'm not trying to take up for anything he said, because I think what he said was wild. I will also say, if you, if we, to circle back what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, if I knew that you were going through a hard time, like an extremely hard time, for me to tell you to get in front of these cameras is wild. Yeah. And people continue to put a mic in front of that man because they knew he was going to say something wild. That don't make it right. That don't make anything he said was right. But I will say Kanye got used when he was going through that mental breakdown especially going through a, a, a tumultuous divorce by all the, all the different media outlets. You saw random media outlets like, why is he on there? He's on there giving some crazy opinion so that their podcast or whatever blows up. And then once he really like got, was really in the thick of it, all right, we're done. We're done covering Kanye. We're not covering his recovery. We're not covering how is he doing now. Like We just recently seen Kanye again, and it's because we see him out and about in some crazy clothes. Well, I, again, like, man, I I have, I have all the empathy for Kanye too. Like, I'm glad that he's recovering and finding help, but the reality is he was having his breakdown in his marriage with her. And we don't know what happened behind closed doors when he was having those episodes for her as his wife. Yeah. You know what I mean? So while I do respect that and I would, and I agree with you, I just think that being a wife to somebody who is having a mental health breakdown is probably something that no one could understand unless you've been there yourself. So I don't know. Like I'm, I, I guess, can't believe I'm really, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm switching sides right now, but I do feel this way genuinely. You yeah. Know? I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking you at all. I'm, I guess I was just more like saying like the double is the reason why I can't, and I will, we'll, we'll end it on this. Cause I don't want to sit like, yeah. keep sitting on this topic, but the reason why it's hard for me to like empathize with Car- with Kim Kardashian is because I'm petty. I feel like nobody was empathizing. I feel like people close to Kanye cared about him, but I feel like the media as a whole didn't could care less about Kanye and how he got portrayed and what he's really going through. It was more like we know if Kanye say something. Even even in a post production context, if you if you record an interview and Kanye says something out of pocket, the idea that you're gonna edit it and then post it is wild to me. 
I feel like they're both in that position. Nah. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm like, I'm not saying that she's not in the same position because she's also Kim Kardashian. I just feel like, I don't know. You can't. I I can say I just I just want y'all to I just want people to be. If we're gonna be a ways, be that way. You know what I'm saying? We gonna if we're not gonna humanize people, let's be that way. Let's not like. Oh my yeah, we're gonna when he was going through his, his breakup when he was going through his tremors of we oh Kanye tripping but then it's like can we go oh I feel for her it has to be tough well like, I guess my point is more that I don't I I am being I feel like I was pretty forgiving of Kanye and like when Kanye was going through his stuff. I was offended, but I, for me, was compassionate about his mental health. And I feel the same about Kim. So I feel like I might be an anomaly. Well, I'm talking about, yeah, I think, and granted, you know what, what I he mean? said was wild. But like I said, I'm talking about, like, losing Yeezy deals, using the Adidas deal. Yeah, but she almost didn't get get invited to the Met Gala. She barely <sighs> got invited. Com- look at the comparison, though. <laughs> There. She She's didn't get invited to Met Gala, which, by the way, the only reason she got invited to, invited to Met Gala in the first place is because she was Kanye with Kanye, and he put her up on Fashion Game. But what she's losing is the invitation to Met Gala, which is... The foundation of what she does now, though. Celebrity Halloween. And this man, Banks wouldn't fuck with him. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Banks wouldn't mess with him. Lost his Adidas deal. Just recently got it back. Basically, was losing his whole life completely, partially, mostly his fault, but nonetheless, going through that, and we didn't, we just, all we cared about was where the next fire about to start. With Kanye? <laughs> yeah. He see, yeah, I don't know. Okay, but all, my, my point is, I just think that they're both highly criticized. By media and people. I don't think that one is more criticized than the other. That's my only point. 100%. You know, so I I get you, though, on, like, wanting to be petty. Like, whoa, where was the love with Kanye? Yeah, I don't, sorry. Where was the grace and compassion with Kanye? I have no sympathy for you because I don't feel like that same sympathy was given to my man Kanye. Yeah. Granted, like I said, don't support everything he said because Kanye is a, I don't know what be coming out of his mouth, but no sympathy. He's a human. (laughs) So I kind of want to, um... I kind of want it. We can end it on on one of these topics. We okay. Can, we can end, hmm. We can, we we can end it on this. There was an article on Yahoo. Who reads Yahoo? I do. <laughs> and in the art in the article, they were. It was a uh, talking about a Reddit a Reddit post a subreddit. Where basically, it was a bunch of millennials talking about something, things that young people love to do that they just can't understand. And there was a longer list, but I just chose like nine of them because I didn't want to go through all the lists. And I kind of I'm gonna quickly go through the list, and then I want us to circle back and talk like if we agree, disagree, whatever. So quick circle through the list. First thing, public TikTok dancing. They said they can't handle the secondhand embarrassment of somebody dancing in aisle five. Two, filming filming themselves crying. Three. FaceTiming all the time instead of calling people. They feel like you should only FaceTime somebody when you want to show them something. Four, sharing everything on social media, including their meals, their children, their parents, etc. They don't understand why you're sharing everything. Five, being proud of lacking or pretending to lack basic knowledge or primary skills. This is the people who are like, 
I don't know how to wash my own clothes. <laughs> I don't know how to use a ruler. I've never been grocery shopping, etc. Six, the amount of online content that so many people create. This was just more of them hating. They they realize how much work it is and they don't understand how they have all that time to make it. Seven, talking loudly on their phone on speaker. I gotta pause here. This is an old nigga trait, first of all. My grandma does do That's what I said. I was like, this is an old nigga trait first. So we gotta we gotta put some respect. And I know young people do it and they walk around and partially because it's on FaceTime, it's already on speaker. Mm-hmm. But old people for sure do that. I've been in the room and my grandma answered the phone that's on speaker and it's like, why? Hello? Or I've seen the old dude answer the phone. Yeah, I'm on my way, cuz. Yeah, I'm on my way. Like, anyways, that, I, I had to get off my chest. Anyway, eight, referring to anybody they don't like as narcissistic or every form of lying and disagreement as gaslighting. Yes. And then nine, recording random strangers, strangers to make fun of them online. online without usually, consent. With, without without consent, consent. And usually for clout. Yeah. Number nine, I particularly get and have an anxiety yeah. about. I have an anxiety about my students doing something some shit <laughs> in class. Like, hey, hey, put that phone away. Hey, why, why? No hey, viral moments in this class. I will say, too, we've all been there about the recording on the... Con- we all been there on number nine because I remember vividly as a young kid pulling out the camera on Snapchat and the flash go off and you're like, oh. Like, especially, especially in school, in high school, when we had that quirky teacher and you'd be like... Yeah, we were that we were definitely that person. Literally can't kids. relate. I'm not I'm I don't even I hardly even lurk on people's like Instagram pages and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like some people are very interested in sharing what it's really other about people the, do, but I I'm like, I ain't gonna lie though. I'm a big I think number nine is crazy, but at the same time, you know how many funny videos come from that? See, that's that's how you know. <laughs> you, you that's why you know how you're on the cusp? I I no, I do teeter. I definitely you know, do teeter. That's a that's a that's a teetering thing. Like I said, when you see somebody doing something wild, like like the video, like the, all the uh, the 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 crate challenge. There's a video of the old the old. I don't know what he. I don't know if he's homeless, but he's missing teeth. And there's a video of them recording him, and he fell down. He and when I came down, <laughs> like something like that, where like people's, people's genuine reaction, I'd be like, oh my. <laughs> God. Or like recording people when they're drunk. My favorite. Not without consent. Nobody wants to be an unexpected viral video after an embarrassing moment. You know, imagine when you die and you realize like like imagine when you die, not not to be morbid, but okay. like asking God, how many times have people recorded me in my life? <laughs> and getting to see those. I, I hope that would be so lit. Because I, I think about that a lot. Like we was like, damn, I didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I never think about the things that I'm doing. So I wonder how many times people recorded me doing something, and people were probably just like, oh, "This nigga." <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to go through this list real quick. Like, how do you feel about this list of nine? Because I think they're pretty. I'm I'm definitely in the middle because part of the stuff that I've done and other parts, I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I feel the same way. Like yeah. TikTok dancing. Yeah. I love TikTok dancing, but I love that this is like things millennials don't under can't understand because I've tried TikTok dancing for my Instagram. But like, have you done it in? We talking about public place, public. Yeah, places. my classroom. 
but like, my students, students weren't there. there. See, um, we're talking about I'm like, like I'm way too anxious to do something like that. I don't know. We're talking about like you're at the store with your friend. She's buying something at the grocery store, or she's buying something at the liquor store, and you set up your camera. And you go, what, you do whatever your TikTok dance, like stuff like that. Or you're outside the liquor store. I set up your camera real quick and do the dance in the parking lot. In the parking lot's cool, but I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't understand it. Like, I, I yeah, love I it, understand. but I, can't, I don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I want to join in, but I don't get I don't, it. I want to join in. I don't know the dance, and I don't. For me, listen, vlogging is still wild to me. Why? Walk into the walk. I, have a, I bought a smaller camera. thought it was going to be easier. Still feel self-conscious about having. It's not about, it's, it feels so vain to be walking around recording myself, and it's like, who are you? Oh, I have 30 subscribers on YouTube. You should follow me. Oh, my God. That's how I feel. You know, because I'm 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 working on my first vlog video right now, behind yeah. the scenes teaching. Yeah. And I felt exactly that way, like, recording, because I was recording my week of grading. Everything yeah. I did. Lots of lots of eating out. Scratching my nose. Jesus, why you call me out? <laughs> uh, it was just... It was funny. <laughs> um, uh, I forgot what I was even saying. Sorry. You're saying behind the scenes and a lot of eating out. And you're saying like you feel a ways about recording. I felt like people were watching me and judging me, uh, you know, when they would see it. So I would try to like keep my phone, you know, like I was watching something. But like when you're talking to, you know, the video, it's obvious that you're not watching it. Well, and I'm going to give you I'm going to give you out a pro tip, Chico. When you see a lot of these like vloggers and you're thinking like how do they record themselves eating and not be an issue it's a gopro oh what would they attach it to something or is it just a gopro they're wearing gopro on the table just tiny and, have, have and more inconspicuous of a wide view so you can sit it's not like your phone sitting on the counter you know gopro is like a little small yeah, yeah it's like that big so you said the go because I'm always trying to understand, like, dang, how do they have their camera sitting on the table? And, like, it's not an issue. People are talking to them. It's not an issue. Like, people aren't, like, scared to talk to them. Kind of find out it's a freaking GoPro. Okay. Because it, it's so small. I'm like, that makes so much more sense. That makes so much more sense. And they're expensive, but I'm going to try to get my hands on one this summer yeah. and see how that changes the game. Offer up. Mm, good idea. Okay. Probably gonna use them, but but yeah, but yeah, public TikTok dancing. Uh, filming, I can I can't understand that one. What about filming themselves crying? Listen, me I and, used to do that. Me and my ex girlfriend <laughs> getting got in an argument about this because I feel like when you record yourself crying, it's not genuine. Um, tell me more. I just feel like it becomes a secondhand experience at that point, like a second. Mm. Like if I'm crying, usually I'm crying, I'm overwhelmed. Now if I'm recording myself and I'm giving a monologue or something like that, and then I start crying. Makes sense. But when I see people where it's like, I vividly remember a video of a guy, somebody died, mm -hmm. rest in peace. He records himself smoking, crying. I said, now what the fuck was the point of that? That's real. <laughs> with, with just the captions, rest in peace, this and that, whatever. And I'm like, I just don't get why you record. I don't get why you posted it. Cause he doesn't have words. That, this is all I can do is cry and smoke this blunt. That's all I can say. And then upload it on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, exactly. I like, mean, oh, 
Like what? Maybe you I, might get, you know, listen, a memorial post on the gram later when I'm I have say, the words. Listen, I don't understand it. And I don't if listen, if y'all, if I die, do not ah, post yourself crying. Rest in peace. Woo. Realest nigga out. Hashtag ten toes. Hashtag another eight. Don't don't, don't do, do me like that. Just let pull up to the funeral. Console my people, but don't be over here. I was a real nigga. There's tears. Like, why? Why are you? Why? I just don't get. I don't get because it's one thing you're crying or somebody recording somebody crying. I can understand that. But you. My, I'm crying right now. Let me set my, my camera up. Let me set my camera up and make sure the lighting's good. I didn't work like that. At least for me, it didn't. It never worked. <laughs> well, I mean, like I don't that. think it worked. Obviously, I'm being dramatic. I'm being yeah. hyperbolistic, but I, I, I do don't think know. you can capture a person like genuinely having an emotional moment, oh, and 100%. I, I do think that even if it's like the camera started while someone was crying, at least I'll speak for myself. There are moments where like I just felt alone and wanted a hug, and attention. So you posted it on Instagram? Yeah, I'm not saying that's coming from a good place. I don't do this <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah. That's why actually I don't post nearly as much about myself <laughs> or my life yeah. as I used to. That's a maturity thing. See, and I, I was so number so, yeah, three. I can agree with you. It's just all I want to say. I can agree with you. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm not that fully knocking it. Like if you're, if there's you're, some performative nature to it. There yeah. can be. Because if, if, like I said, if you're talking about like if, if you're, you're talking, talking about like, like oh my boy died, it's not whatever. You start crying. crying I'm not, not knocking you for that. I'm talking about. No, that's all. That's, that's all that was in the video. Was it? <laughs> shit, sick man. Bro <laughs> <laughs> anyway, grieving and you're laughing at I'm it. I'm not laughing at him. I'm laughing at the idea of it. I'm not laughing at him. It's the idea of sitting there. That's what he did in the video. He was just tears in his eyes, smoking. Anyways, but <laughs> face number three. You are ruthless. Facetiming people. I'm not. I'm. I'm also an emotional, but mm. I'm still healing. Remember, guys. But. Mm -hmm. FaceTiming people instead of calling them. This is probably my biggest pet peeve. Okay. As someone who's a new Apple user, that's why people don't know how to call nobody no more, man. Why? Like on the phone? Like, yeah, like an actual phone call. Like, everything's a FaceTime. I'm, hey, bro, I'm on my way. It's the FaceTime. Like, bro, I just told you I'm on my way. I'm trying to see where you at. Can call me. And sometimes, I don't know. It's it. I'm not a FaceTimer. I'm going to be real. I'm not really a FaceTimer either, but I was just about to FaceTime you just to see. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer phone calls and texts. Not even texts. I just prefer a good phone call. It's a good talk on the phone, good hour. I'm going to say this. Catching up. I feel like FaceTiming takes up too much energy. Yeah, man. You got to be together. I mean, there are some people you can obviously be, fa be on FaceTime with and like not. But you got to... The thing is... You have to set your phone up you now. You got to set your phone up. And then you got to be in a comfortable position. Yeah. That's flattering. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or else, you know, you're holding it up and you get all these weird angles. And you, then you're, all you're doing is like looking and criticizing yourself instead of being present in the conversation. Well, and, and not to mention like you're all, when you FaceTime somebody, you're taking them out of this. You're taking them out of the scenario. And that, oh, that's what always boggles my mind. Mm. Like, like if I'm washing dishes, I can like I think about my mom when, she, when we were younger. On the phone, talking to my aunt, cleaning the house. No issue. Now with Aaron FaceTiming, I can't vacuum. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't, like, wipe, wipe down, down my sink. sink. Or if I do, I'd, let me prop you up real quick. I can't hear you. Like, it's just like, listen, man. Just call me. 
I got I got a headset specifically for calling people. Like me and my cousin, we be on the phone for hours. How are you on the phone for hours? Because he calls me. So I have my earphone in. I'm. I got both hands phone in my pocket. I'm moving. The FaceTime lady said you gotta hide the phone up. Mm-hmm. I can't see you wipe your screen. <laughs> it's like, man, it's just, it's just so much work. And the young generation love to FaceTime. They do. I remember, yeah, I was talking to this dude. He liked FaceTiming me, but I didn't get it. I was just like, bro, well, let me know if you're going to FaceTime me. Otherwise, I'm going to hit block because I need to be ready. I also or I want to be ready. I also grew up in it. That's what I said. Granted, it's weird because I used to date older girls, but I was a per, I was a group in the generation. You ain't going to FaceTime me without the appointment. That's what I'm saying. You got to let me know before the FaceTime hit. Like, I, I might be out with my girls. I might be having my me time <laughs> right now. Like... And looking very raw and like myself. <laughs> raw. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to be caught in the raw sometimes. Like yeah. sometimes I just, especially depending on like how especially for just a hey. early in it is. Yeah, yeah. For, for just a hey. For just a hey, yeah. Hey, what's up? I just want to see what you was doing. Mm. You can earn seeing me in this, <laughs> in this state, okay? Why don't you just pull up at that point? Why don't you just pull up? You know? But yeah. what about sharing everything on social media? This one I'm 50 50 on. Why? I don't think it, I don't think it I don't think it's even a thought. For me personally, it's not even a thought. Like yeah. if I'm getting eating some good. I won't post show like my chili dogs, but like <laughs> if I'm eating some. I don't know if I'm eating like a sushi roll and the sushi roll looks cool. I'll post my sushi roll. Yeah, if it's cool food, I think it's cool. If kids are doing something cool or partners are doing are celebrating something fun, I think it's fair. You knew Shimpanyaki, should. Yeah. Graduation. Yeah, but. I did used to share basic meals like of like elevated hot dogs and stuff like that on my Instagram. One one time, my <laughs> on the paper yeah, plate or on a regular out. plate. I think it was on a regular plate. Okay, good. Oh no, it was ramen. Actually, it was it was it was. But this was before it Top was like. Ramen? Yeah, but it was like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't you see the TikToks where people be doctoring up the ramen? Yeah, I know. That's what I was doing. I was. Oh, I was. Asking. I was doing this before it was you know a, t- a TikTok trend because I love cooking. And I love ramen. That's one of my real ramen's one of my favorite dishes. And so I was like thinking I was doing things. And then in my DM, one of my friends was like, this ain't nothing but some fancy top ramen. <laughs> so anyway, uh, which what I guess. Technically it was. Technically it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think people are oversharing. I think I understand I it. I think I, I mean, get it. It's just natural. It's yeah. We live in society now. Like my grandma does it. Not, not maybe not on social media, but she'll take picture of some stuff. Because people were taking pictures of food all the time anyway. Now you just posting them. Because mm-hmm. I'll talk to like somebody who's older, and they're like, "Oh, look at this is where this is where we went, and this is now whatever." It's I guess it, maybe the idea of sharing it. Might as well. Fuck it. Being proud of lacking or pretending basic knowledge. Hmm. Being proud of lacking or pretending to lack basic knowledge or primary skills. I have students who do this a lot in my class, and I don't understand it sometimes. When when it, when did it become cool? I remember it used to be cool to guess what guys? My mom let me stay home by myself. Ooh. Now it's like I've never stayed home by myself. That's what's up, bro. I'm talking like you. Like wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. I guess one thing I like about Gen Z is their sense of humor. They definitely have an interesting sense of humor and I feel like this is part of what part of it. But also a good amount of at least my students were like in the pandemic struggling and so yeah. they really did miss a lot of like basic experiences in their senior year that that is didn't true transfer. I, I feel bad for all the all the people who 
had their last years of high school in pandemic, I feel horrible for you guys. I feel like that's where that comes from, to an extent. Because being proud of it though. Well, I mean, there was a bit of facetiousness around that in COVID. I mean, Matt, you know, yeah, not being that's proud, true. but I think it, I think that there's a bit of. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a facetious undertone to it. I mean, I guess I can kind of relate because I remember, like, I never knew how to sew. But, like, I guess people see that as an advanced thing now. Before, like, it used to be a simple, like... It's like a necessity oh. now. Is it? Necessity? No. I would say, yeah. Well, Forever 21 and H&M and Uniqlo, I go buy... It take, it's easier for me to buy $8 T before I go sew up one. Yeah, but what happens if... Well, I guess you'll just go get it fixed by a seamstress probably, huh? If, 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 like, if it's like your favorite like sweater hole? or something and there was a hole in it. I know you gotta buy another one. Hmm. Unless it's old. Yeah. I mean, but I buy vintage stuff, but I also know how to sew. So. You know how to sew? See? It's, not, it's a very useful skill. I think yeah, I don't know how to hem yet, but maybe <laughs> one day we'll get there. But I don't know. I want, the last one I want to talk about, or I, I was the last one I want to talk about, you might have one you want to talk about. Referring to anybody as narcissistic, I'm gonna be real. That is literally. Everybody that I know. Really? Everybody got to be narcissistic. I just think they're narcissistic. Well, I think all that... All my friends. <laughs> you can't all be narcissistic out of here. I need to see some some statistics. <laughs> oh, how many people are narcissists? Yes. Uh, I will say this. Most people don't understand. Everybody has... Nar- narcissistic traits are normal. True. But someone who's a narcissist... I don't know. I think that there's a lot of narcissistic abuse out there that happens. Um, and. Well, do you know there's two types of narcissists? Over, over and covert. So how do I know these people who claiming people narcissists ain't the narcissist and they just offended? When you're well, when you're familiar enough with narcissism, you, you know how to use that word right. I feel very well. Uh, well, but I think that's the point that they're making. They're not using it correctly. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. My mom won't let me go. Things. She's such a narcissist. I'm like, what? My mom being a narcissist. She don't want me to. She want me to do what she want me to do, and not what I want to do. Well, what does she want you to do? Go to school. <laughs> like, what? I'm, I'm being. I'm being dramatic. Okay, I don't know okay. if that's how they use it, but. I, I don't know. We need some examples. We need to circle back to this and we need some examples. Some examples of being. Of how people are using these. Because for me, I'm like. Or every form of lying and disagreement is gaslighting. Me and my friends, I have me, my boy Richard, my girlfriend, and, and uh, CJ on a FaceTime, and we Google what gaslighting was. We're all using the definition of gaslighting wrong. How, what was it? Gaslighting? Yeah. I'll look it up. But it basically was like. I won't use the word belittling. Belittling. I can't remember. Let me look. I'm just gonna look it up right now. Let me look it up. Give me a second. Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which the abuser attempts to sow self-doubt and confusion in their victim's mind. Listen, I don't know. Maybe I I have experienced narcissistic abuse myself, and so I. It is very hard for me to like make light of that particular. Uh, <laughs> thing um so i don't know but i do know people use it wrong all the time my students do it too sometimes we were using gaslighting wrong the whole time and y'all were using gaslighting wrong well, the whole said, time we, we i've saw, done it before too because like you said when you talk yeah. about tenses because 
telling white lies is a, a sign of gaslighting in a relationship. Like if somebody keeps telling little lies, but somebody lying is not mean they're gaslighting you. They're just yeah. fucking lying. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Gaslighting has a very clear, like, underlying intent behind the lying. Typically, gaslighters are seeking to gain power and control over the other person by distorting reality and forcing them to question their own judgment and intuition. It's, for me, I've experienced this the most in dating. I've definitely been gaslit. Once I learned this, oh my God. Am I a victim of gaslighting? <laughs> I thought I've been joking around about it. I'm like, you, do you think you've gaslit others? I think I probably have. When I was a kid, yeah, yeah, like a lot, think, a lot younger. Yeah, when I'm younger, heck yeah, I was trying to gaslight people. I really do my best to be honest and straightforward with people about how I feel, and even in that, sometimes people don't feel like that's enough or clear enough. Probably not. But you know, to avoid gaslighting, just tell the truth, right? That's. I don't know. If that's true. That doesn't work. Yes, yeah, I don't think that's true. But I feel like it's probably gaslighting somebody who tells the truth. Yeah. Bending the truth. No. I think just being honest. I'm saying somebody can bend the truth and like so they're not lying but still be gaslighting, right? There's mm. truth benders out there. That's still a version of lying. Truth bending? Is it a lie? Yeah. Mm. It's just a rebranded version of it. What makes it a lie? Because a lie is not a truth, right? Yeah. What? No matter the amount of the percentage. 1% untrue? A lie. Then all statistics are... are, are Lies? Yeah. Because they're skewed. All right. That's... <laughs> yeah. Talking about big data is another conversation, okay? Because we'll, I will talk about this well, with I'm you. I'm just saying, because I'm like, that's what I'm saying, like, man, a bended truth. Because like I said, with that... With that but it's the intention. Like some... The intention definitely makes it gaslighting, but... I'm just saying with research, like, some companies do intend to skew the data, but not all. Some are doing it with good, what if, like, authentic my mom's like, intention. Were you home at 10? Yeah. She didn't ask me if it was 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. I was home at 10. That's lying. A.m. No. Lying. That is, like, no. is that lying? No, that's just lying. How's that lying? I was home at 10. Got home at 10. <laughs> 10 a.m. Okay, see, now you're doing it. Okay, actually. I'm asking. Now I'm, asking I'm confused. Now I'm feeling all. <laughs> now, now I'm, I'm just asking you a question. Like, is that, you know. I'm not a psychologist. We need to get a therapist in well, here. Well, I'm not saying that's gaslight. I'm asking more like, you. Because I definitely, I definitely, especially when you're younger, like, where was you at last night? I went to the gym. But after the gym, I went and did something. <laughs> that is called, um, well, it can be withholding. Definitely withholding. Or being uh, discerning. Not everybody needs to know your business. Not everybody needs to know where you're going. You know? It's not everybody's business. Yeah, I, I, was, just, I was just more That's asking, like, is that a lie, though? Is that considered a lie? It depends on like this. The to me, it depends on like why you're why you're saying that. Like if you're saying it because it's important to you to have privacy, no, it's just being discerning. But if you're saying that because you don't want people so to come, context, so the context. I think so. I think the, the context, context depicts if it's a lie or not. It de it depicts on the type of lie it is. 
So it's still a lie. It's I, like to me, I think a lie is any percentage of it not being true. I think I feel like withholding information is not a lie. It is, especially if you know the truth could be useful to a person's ability to be more more clear in their thinking, more decisive in their connection with you, or whatever it is that withholding that truth is contributing to. Then we all lie. Maybe. It's a very human thing to do, so maybe we just need to have more acceptance and understanding around it instead of trying to judge it and expect us to not lie. I don't like that. Nah? Because, like, when you... I think about, like, business positions. Would they be like, what's the, what's the term they use for secretaries now? Administrative assistant? Yeah, like... Like, yeah, it's not a lie, but it's like... Stop! Wait! We're, make, we're making that seem like it's really a hell of... I'm an administrator. It is! I used to be an administrative assistant. My mom's an administrative assistant. Like, but a secretary? It's not the same thing? No. You knew exactly what I was talking about when I said it. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what a secretary is, to be honest. I didn't work during those no times. no one's a secretary no more. They're You're all... right. You know what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough of that. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, people will stuff like that, like, people will be one person in sales, and I'm the sales manager. <laughs> I, I'm the leader of a sales team. Oh, stretching the truth. Yeah. People do that on resumes all the time. So I'm saying we all did it. Res- resume padding is what they call that, I think, or something. I was a high school football player. Played one game. That's not a lie. That's true. Wait, did you play one game? Me? Mm-hmm. I don't call myself a high school football player. <laughs> <laughs> no. What? <laughs> I thought I'm just saying, was- like, I don't, I don't know. Okay. It's like selling. It's like selling. You sold your friends some extra weeds you had. I'm a drug dealer. Okay. Is that true? No. Technically, because you pushed that dope. That's what I'm saying. The the, the line is getting blurry. <laughs> I don't know where the I don't know where the truth and the lie begins. We need a psychologist to help us with this one, because I don't know. I feel like on my rhetoric, in my rhetoric knowledge, I can answer this, but now I'm feeling very confused. Am I gaslighting? You? I think you gaslit me into this. I'm not trying to gaslight you. I'm more. I'm really trying to get an understanding of where does the lie start and where does the truth end. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's with the intention. The intention. Yeah, like if you are. So what if somebody believes that fuck? Because that's, that's another thing about narcissists, especially their Delulu. They're so convincing. They believe it. It's not even yeah, convincing. They yeah, believe it. Yeah. I did absolutely nothing wrong, and that's a truth in their head, but. What do you mean you did nothing wrong? You killed that man. Oh. <laughs> when I'm being dramatic. But no, like, no, yeah. It could be something like that, like, you don't understand. She didn't give me what I wanted, so I did what I had to do. So you, what? You manipulated her? We both got what we wanted. I don't know. And they believe that. Yeah, it makes me think of the last person that I told I wasn't interested in. And uh, how he reacted to that, you know. Is that considered narcissistic? I can't tell. 
And I think that's the danger of narcissism is when you can't really tell if, if it's coming from a place of self-centeredness or if it's coming genuinely from a place of authentic emotion. I need, to reach, I need to find out if I got some psychologist friends. I want to talk yeah. to them. I need more I got some. I need more information. We, yeah, let's let's find somebody. Yeah, I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to pick their brain we, about. We need a deep dive. I do need a deep dive because I, I know people who are narcissists, like full blown, mm-hmm. for sure. Not even a question in my mind. Mm-hmm. And the, them compared to people who are like, oh, they're being narcissistic. I'm like, nah. Well, yeah, because narcissistic qualities versus or traits versus being a narcissist full-blown yeah it's crazy it's yeah so, so completely different and i feel like i don't know maybe narcissism is on a spectrum to an extent to you like nah. no nah. it's like extreme or traits i feel like you're either narcissistic or you got traits yeah we're gonna need to bring a therapist on and to confirm this yeah because i don't know that's true but I don't that's either, how yeah. i feel because i feel like and that's the thing too is it like is it is it do you have to have a certain amount of traits and then that makes you narcissist or is it how they manifest oh. This to be getting, continued. Getting, yeah, this is getting this is getting convoluted. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. Well, guys, appreciate you guys again for mm-hmm. joining us on another episode of the Special Friends Podcast. Is there anything else you want to say before we go? Um. Follow my Instagram. I mean, my uh, my uh, YouTube channel if you're interested in my stuff too, because Woozy's got so much stuff on Woozy Media, so much good stuff. And I'm just kind of learning myself. But I've got some stuff on Shout out to Cloud, 11. Cloud 11. So if you're interested in getting to know me some more, you can check me out there. But that's it. I'm looking forward to our Juneteenth episode. So drop your thoughts on that, too. It's a, a topic of passion for me, especially. Um, and yeah, that's that's those are my final thoughts. That's what's up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, June 20th is the reparations episode. We'll be sitting down with Chris Lodgerson, the leader of the CJEC, right? CJEC. He definitely stopped. He's definitely employed with them. CJEC 101. I wrote it down, guys. Give me a second. The lead organizer of the CJEC Coalition for Just and Equitable California. We'll be sitting down with him on before the 20th, but we'll be posting the episode. So if you guys have any questions, please, please, please send them to either me or Allie. Again, in the description, we'll have our links. Make sure you follow Allie on her YouTube channel, Cloud11. She'll be posting a behind-the-scenes vlog soon as possible. Yeah, as soon as possible. So this week. Again, appreciate you guys. We're out of here. We out of here.